Hello and welcome to Story on the Spot. My name is Jim Heskett. Over there, that way, Dapper Dan Man is Mr. Ari McGee. And down below is the first guest we've had in quite a while, Mr. Douglas Pratt. Hey, Doug, how you doing? I'm great. How, how y'all doing? Pretty good. We will get oh, acquainted in just a minute after our introduction. All right, everyone, and that is our introduction. So um, let me just put up a banner right here. First of all, we want to say hey to Doug. Uh, welcome, Doug. Check out www.douglas-pratt.com for a free thrill book. Doug's got that dash in there because he is all about that SEO. That's right. right. Yes. <laughs> yes. That there's a couple other Douglas Pratt's hanging out out there too. So oh, are there really? Yeah. Yes. There's a James L. Heskett, who is a Harvard law professor and economist, and I'm just waiting for that guy to die. I think I, I think I've overtaken him in the Google results, but it'll get, it'll get better once he's old. So I have a uh, there's a bird, uh, bird guy named Douglas Pratt who studies birds in Hawaii. Go figure. And then another one who is big into back in the '90s, he had a whole big collection of books about DVDs. So and video. VHS, well, you guys are at least so. in good company. The daggum, the only other R.A. McGee's are one's a trucking company and the other one's a prison. So, yeah, I'd, I'd oh. expect you get some rednecks in there with the R.A. McGee's. Yeah, it's all good, man. <laughs> I just pushed them all the way off the first page of Google, so they don't even exist <laughs> anymore. You know? Nice. So, I think there's supposed to be a couple other people joining us. Uh, maybe they will show up momentarily. I'll keep my eye on Slack to see if they're messaging, but I think Nick and Kevin are supposed to be here, but uh, you know what? We're not just going to sit around. Uh, if they're late for the magic, then they're late for the magic. I think they're running scared from Doug personally. Oh, well. I don't think I don't yeah. think they want any of that smoke today. <laughs> Everybody heard Doug was coming in. They were like, mm. right. nah, nah, nah. "Yeah, I, I have a way of doing that to, to rooms. It's weird. I don't know." <laughs> 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 all right okay so this oops I can hide that uh this is story in the spot episode number 25 let's all give ourselves a little pat on the back for achieving 25 episodes of the world's only thriller fiction improv game show the only one in the entire world and last week's winner was mr r.a mcgee Woo! Oh, that's why right. you showed up today huh you know, hey, you got to show up and take the W when you can, man. The rest of the time, everyone's just beating you down, you know? <laughs> Sorry, Doug. You, since you weren't here, you were not eligible to win last that's week. It. Hopefully, that's not. Don't worry. You'll win next week. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, there's Nick Thacker. Nick, how you doing? Did it work? Oh, my God. It worked. Uh, were you time traveling or something? Did you? Have... Yeah, that's. I wish. Technical difficulties. It worked. Okay. Well, we're here. Don't ever let me get out ever again. I'm going to stay in the show until next week. <laughs> I'm actually, bad, guys. my bad. It's all right, Nick. Hey, actually, Nick, Nick brings up an excellent point that next week, uh, there will be no live sots next week. There'll be no two show. weeks. I'll be here for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So Nick, you can just hang out in this room for, for a couple of weeks, but yeah, no, no show next week. We are going to do some, there'll be some stuff on the Facebook page, so you won't get too lonely, but, um, Is yeah. My boy Pratt up there. Yes, what's up, Becca? What's up, dude? How are you? <laughs> are we making yeah. up some stories today? 
Yeah, I'm excited. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> All right. To, okay, so for our viewers, here's what you're going to do. You're going to watch each pitch. You're going to vote after each round. We do four rounds. After each round, vote by comment for which one's your favorite. And then next week, I'll add up all those comments and bonus words and everything, and we'll determine who's the winner. RA is holding an orchid. Is that yes. Purple flower. I don't know what that is. I'm was. getting ready to go to prom, and I just want to make sure this matches my eyes. So you guys let me know what you think by the end of the show. Well, I think you look fabulous, RA. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. Today's bonus word is gnarly. So, which is difficult, dangerous, or challenging. So anytime you can work the word gnarly into your pitch, you're going to get one of these and you also get a bonus point. All right, guys, are we ready to go? We're ready to go. Yes. Yes. Here's our first round. This is a story prompt called greener grass. Residents of Spokane, Washington, said a pair of bison escaped from their owner's home and went wandering through neighborhoods for the second time in three months. Police contacted the owner of the bison, who was known to authorities because the same two animals named Hazel and Baxter escaped previously and wandered through three miles of neighborhoods before being recaptured. Witnesses said the owners arrived on scene and took the bison home. So... This is our first round, our first prompt. Now, Doug, you got a couple choices here as our guest. You can you can go first if you want. If you if you have an idea of where to take the story, you feel free to go first. You can wait uh, until one of these other two guys goes, or both of them, or you can sit out this first round. It's entirely up to you. We're gonna be nice to you today, Doug. Wait, he gets to sit out. This is this is the slack he gets right now. Listen, I'll go first and buy everybody time. No, no, no. I got one. I got one that's better than yours. Oh, how dare you, sir? I'm just kidding. You can go. You can go. You can go. Hold on, damn it. Let's let I'll allow it. Let's let Doug answer if he wants to go first or not. (laughs) I'll let I'll let RA go first. All right. Dude, you never want to go first, man. The worst ideals always go first. That's why I'm going first. Unless you're Craig Hart, then you get to say, Well, so since this clearly isn't a time travel story, here's mine. Yeah, that's right. And kill the time travel buzz for everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, no one else can yeah. Uh, you know what, Nick? I even made this new graphic because I was expecting you and uh, <laughs> you and Craig. I even picked our second story is about Michigan. I even picked that, but then oh, Craig couldn't man. make it today. So. I bet you I bet we can get Doug to fight me. I'm, I'm, I'd fight you in a heartbeat. Don't worry about it. So, <laughs> do it. Michigan, do it. Michigan does suck. I mean, once we go there. So. Hey, all right. Well, never okay. mind. We're on the same side then. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. What you got, RA? So, I think that what we're dealing with here is. Uh, is a case of the world's most inept hunter, okay? That I think that what our guy does is he lives in his mom's basement and he's eating Cheetos and stuff all the time. And he watches, you know, Steve Ranella and, and all these people on TV and he wants to be a big game hunter, but he can barely hold his rifle up. So he decides that the people who are doing the fenced-in hunts, the high fence operations uh, in the Midwest that they have it right, that if you have a captive audience, that you can shoot the the animal of your dream. So he sneaks over to his neighbor's lot and he unhooks the bison pen. And his goal is to kill one of these bison. The problem is the first time he's such a a basement dwelling mouth breather that he chickens out. He can't even kill them the first time. So they go back. And so he decides this time that he is definitely going to get his bison and he's going to shoot it. But he chickens out again and uh, is left with egg on his face to all of his other basement dwelling friends. They're making fun of him online, Instagram. It's just terrible. So I think we have the world's most inept 
uh, closed fence hunter ever. And I think that's what's going on here. So, Very nice. Thank you, R.A. All right, Doug, what do you think now? Do you want to let Nick go or do you um, want to? No, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and take a stab at it here. All right, Doug, what you got? So, so I um, I see these uh these two bison. Actually, they were they were captured by the this gentleman who had this idea of a completely environmental way of cutting grass, and he was going to collect bison, breed them, and then you know release them into areas to to just keep the grass nice and trim. However, these bison had other ideas. They they didn't like being captured. It was a it was a little bit of a you know it's an escape, so they're planning to make a break for it. So these two bison have kind of been working it. This is, you know, not the first time they've gotten out. They've gotten a little bit farther each time. And they're trying to make a run for it because they have a plan to get down to California from Spokane because it's too cold up there for them. And they want to get down to California and maybe go to L.A. and see if they can hook up at Disneyland and try to find a little, you know, a part with where all the good animals get to go hang out and um, rise and rise and, you know, eat some churros. So because grass is just not all there. Um, so this guy who just keeps capturing, planning to breed more, and and maybe start his own eco grass cutting company. There we go. Very nice, Doug. Yeah, bison there we go. do love churros, don't they? That's something that, that we. Time. I remember hearing that back in uh, back in grade school. Yeah, it's legit. <laughs> Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Well done, Doug. First pitch was awesome. All right, Nick, what do you got? Well, I mean, I guess I got to step it up, man. Jim, Jim never, uh, never comes out of the gate. Uh, you know, doesn't acknowledge any of us even exist, much less that he likes our, our stories. So, I think what we got here is um, classic, classic story. Got to do the hands. It's a classic story of um, of a man who he's he's a little bit, you know, he's, he's entrepreneurial, but he's a little bit misguided. Now he's lived in. Uh, the backcountry of most of the states uh, up there for a long time. He's moved around from places as, as dire as Michigan uh, to places like um, the gnarly backwoods of Montana, um, now in, in Washington. And he's noticed that there's kind of a niche market that he's going to break into. Um, well, these places tend to be uber conservative, you know, non-computer using Luddite sort of uh, Christian populations of, of men and women who typically shy away from um, the, the more nuanced, liberal, modern ideas like Google. Um, and so he has this idea that he's going to build the Google that's going to bring together the the backwoods. Um, you know, GPS stops working once you get north of a certain, you know, everybody knows it's just like everybody knows bisons love churros. It's um, just a fact. And so his idea um, is to basically start a competing Google and try to get all his uh, neighbors uh, using it. Well, the problem is that they don't want to use it. And when he tries to show them how cool it is, Google doesn't work. So he doesn't, Google Maps doesn't load anything. There's nothing, there's nothing there, right? And they're like, we don't want to use it. That doesn't make any sense. And he's like, well, look, you could figure out, you could get your stuff to the marketplace here if you just use the Google Map thing. And they're like, we don't want it. So that's the backstory, right? All that set up in the first couple of chapters. Um, the way he's found to do this, um, you know, he's he's tried everything. He bought a car and put the little little camera system on top of it. The problem is Google owns a trademark for that and, and they keep suing him. And so he's like, dang, I can't I can't even, you know, map these roads um, without, you know, without getting sued. And then he stumbles upon a phenomenal idea. He mounts a little GoPro to the heads of these bison and then he lets them loose every other Thursday and uh, they just wander the streets and they capture his uh, his streets. 
on the map and um and he puts it in his little app and he's doing this every single week he's just letting them loose and letting them roam and find new streets to wander down um and eventually he's going to have a full a full northeast uh northwest uh map system for the backwoods of the u.s and he's going to sell it to all the rednecks and and, and hillbillies and he's going to be a winner very nice thanks nick it's a lot of like play I feel like you Michael Scotted that thing, man. <laughs> I feel like you started and you weren't sure where you were going and you just figured it out as you went, man. I'm it impressed. is called Threat Level Midnight. That's <laughs> I'm impressed, <laughs> man. You got there. Attaboy. <laughs> All right, guys. Round two. It's time for another character plot twist. Now, Doug, this is how this works. We did this for the first time last week, so I don't know if you've seen it yet, but you're going to pick a character, you're going to pick a plot, and you're going to pick a twist. So... Would you like to go first, Duck? Pick one from column A, column B, column C. All right. So, so what you get? Tell me what you're. Tell me what you're going to pick first. Well, that'd be. I'm trying to finish reading through them real fast. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a slow reader. I mean, mm. I'm so hey, let me read them out for the people who aren't watching and just listening. The character we have a narcoleptic cop, a strongman competition judge, a day drinking teacher, a charismatic dishwasher, a twitchy toll booth operator. The plot is plan a bake sale, clean a cluttered garage, win a debate, climb a mountain, or eat a 96 six ounce steak. And the twist is that it rains hot dogs. It's set at a park jungle gym. The mob comes to collect. The character is also a nudist, or it's set in the 1800s. Okay. Mm. I think I will... <laughs> I'll go first, and I'm going to choose the um, charismatic dishwasher who is um, working to win a debate, and he is um, on the uh, jungle gym. I'll try that. Okay, one. so Doug is going to tell us a story about a charismatic dishwasher who uh, has to win a debate uh, and it has something to do with a park jungle gym. Okay. Well, this is, it's all about uh, Jay. He's, he's a dishwasher over at the Cracker Barrel. Um, and hmm. his dream has always been to, you know, be the um, park commissioner. And so he, when the election comes up, it's time for a debate between him and, and the former or the incumbent park commissioner. And, um, they happen to have it at a, at a playground, you know, that's where, you know, it's part of the parks. And so all the people are joined together and the dishwasher who's, who's very just, he's loud, but he's joking around and he's playing, he starts jumping around. And, and after it gets to his debate, he's swinging on the jungle gym. Um, and he's pointing out as he's going along, all the things he wants to change with the, um, with the park system as he goes along. And, and so his, de his debate right there is, is ends with him, um, doing a little somersault on top of the jungle gym. Um, so, thanks, Doug. <laughs> all right, all right, Nick. Who wants to go next? I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy to go. All right, all right, all right. What, do, what will you choose? I'll take the narcoleptic cop. Okay. Eating a 96 ounce steak. Okay. Uh, and the mob comes to collect. Okay, the narcoleptic cop. Eating has to eat a 96 ounce steak, but the mob comes to collect. Yeah, coincidence just outside of this a little bit. What was the name of the steak in the great outdoors? Oh, 
Do you guys anybody remember? I remember yeah, that. I don't remember yeah. that name. And it was like I don't the, the killer or something like John Candy. Anyways, all right. Um, I'm just <laughs> thinking about that movie right now. Anybody's right, watching? So let us know in the comments. Yeah, please. I would love to know. Um, all right. So I think that our cop, you know, obviously is a narcoleptic, but he's managed to kind of keep that hidden uh, from his command staff because if not, they'd probably can him. It seems like a little bit of a liability. Well, one day. Uh, he's off duty, and uh, he decides that he just really wants to to get fully keto, man. He's going all the way keto. He's going to eat this 96-ounce steak, all right? So he sits down, and he's eating, and he's eating, and he's doing his thing, and he's eating. And then he comes to this really tough piece of gristle, and it's just kind of stuck. And while he's eating it, he falls asleep. Bam! Face down right into the steak, you know? And while he's asleep... Everyone knows not to bother him. Like, you don't wake up a guy who just fell asleep like that. You know, you'll you'll fracture his mind or something. So uh, while he's there, uh, some mafia capos come in uh, to collect the money that the steakhouse owes them, the protection racket money that they pay uh, every single week. And this week, they're a little bit light. You know, it's COVID. There's a recession. You know, they don't have as much money to pay out uh, as they would normally pay out, you know? And so, you know, they're kind of just going back and forth and things escalate. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of shouting and fighting. And then the next thing you know, uh, one of the capos pulls his pistol on the owner of the steakhouse, you know, in front of everyone, broad daylight, believes that they're untouchable. You know, give me, give me the money or I'll kill you right here, blah, 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 blah. And so at that instant, the cop wakes up, right, from his narcoleptic fit and coughs and he clears his throat of this gristle right and it goes flying through the air whack and it hits the coppa right in the face and the coppa's distracted long enough for the cop to see what's going on draw his pistol and shoot him and put him down thus ending the mafia threat for the steakhouse the cop then calmly sits down and finishes up his 96 ouncer and uh has a good rest of his day so that's what i think's going on with that Nicely done. Thank you, R.A. McGee. All right, yeah. Nick. So you've got three options left in each yeah. one. And leaving me with the easy ones, guys. I mean, this is these stories just write themselves. <laughs> All right. We got a day drinking teacher who needs to climb a mountain. And it also rains hot dogs. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right. You ready? You ready for this? <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I'm ready. Um, okay. Well, uh, let's. Okay. All right. Oh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go easy here. We get classic story. I'm gonna OG throwback to aliens. Aliens. All right. Day drinking teacher. Um, he's a closet alcoholic. Um, he doesn't really love his job. He doesn't hate his job, but he does love him some some of the juice. Um, he tries to hide it. You know, he's got like a Bible with like a flask in it. And he uses it in class and all that. This is the Bible, whatever. Like, you know, stuff like that. He's he's the whole shebang. He's he's drunk pretty much twenty four seven um no one really takes him seriously his wife has left him his kids hate him he doesn't take himself seriously um he's been on the juice for many many years um he uh he's kind of he's starting to feel like he's gonna have a breakdown here pretty soon one day um he wakes up with this weird dream this weird memory of a dream it's something about how he's he feels like he's got to go climb this mountain you know he's he's in washington he's outside of mount rainier you know he's just gonna, I'm gonna go climb you know the mountain i'm gonna get up to the top you know, when, when no one, when it's closed, because you know, they have a, it's like a park, they can like close it and stuff. So when, when no one's there, I'm supposed to climb this thing so no one else can see. 
and, and not not to the main you know the main main peak but like one of the the back sides that no one no one can really see um but he doesn't know why then he tries to tell his estranged wife and his kids and they're like you're dude you're crazy you need to go see somebody and he tries to tell his students in in a moment of of weakness that he's supposed to go climb this mountain they just laugh him out of, out of class well later that day it starts to rain hot dogs and everyone's kind of losing their mind and they're like i don't this is weird. And he's like, I'm just, I'm going crazy here. I'm obviously drunk, you know, whatever, but I'm just going to climb this mountain. It's freaking raining hot dogs. So, you know, whatever. Um, now he hates hot dogs. Um, every, you know, he's basically, they make him, they make him nauseous, you know, and, and it's because he's always drinking and everyone who's drinking looks at the hot dog and almost wants to puke. I and mean, it's just, that's also a fact. We all know that you know, alcoholics hate hot dogs. Um, and so he's climbing the mountain and it gets to the very top and uh, he sees something a little strange. And he looks through, okay. He walks over and 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 he peeks through the woods, parts some of the some of the trees, and something shining. And he's like, he's like it's weird. It's like a building or something. And no, it's not a building. What is that? He says. He walks over. It seems to be some kind of weird like spacecraft or something. He's like, okay, this is a little weird. And someone goes parked a spaceship up here. That okay, come on, you know, whatever. He's like, maybe I'm still drunk. So he takes another drink just to be sure. And then he walks forward. And, uh, and, and he, he kind of like looks at it and he finally just gets up some courage and he knocks on it and all of a sudden he's frozen by some mysterious force. And it says to him, I'm glad you came. And he's like, what, who, who is this? What, what's going on? And it says, we actually are from outer space. Um, and we're trying to save earth. But the problem is whenever we come to earth, most of you guys keep eating us because we're actually the shape of a food that you guys like to eat. Um, and so we can't, we can't get to earth without you just most of your, your, your species just puts us on this weird thing and eats us. And you're the only one who hasn't eaten us yet. Um, and so we need you to send the message to the, <laughs> sorry, Jim, Jim's losing it over there and I can't help it. Uh, we need you to send the message to the rest of your species that, um, uh, you need to stop eating us. We're trying to save your life here. And he's like, I, I thought you were just a hot dog. I'm like, is that what we're called here? Like, we're not hot dogs, man. We're, we're, we're hot dogs from outer space. All right. We're trying to save your life, but you guys keep eating us. And you're... <laughs> so, you know, in a, in a weird turn, twist of fate, the, the alcoholic teacher um, who hates hot dogs ends up saving the world because he teaches them that they're actually hot dogs from outer space. And there's our episode title, boys. 100% agree. 100% agree. 100% agree. I don't even want to vote on another title. It's very, very, very nice, Nick. But while, <clears throat> while you were talking, um, mm. Sue, uh, Sue Martin said that in the, the Great Outdoors, it was the old 96er. Old and she accidentally wrote The Goat Outdoors, which is an amazing episode title, except we already did a goat-based episode title. <laughs> Mm. about uh goatmangle.com was the uh, episode it was like 14 or goatmangle.com yep yep that's right that was a good one mm. they're all good all douglas right. are you muted by, by chance i saw your mouth moving i don't know if you're are you muted i don't think so oh okay never mind i saw i thought you said something i couldn't hear we've had issues with that mostly jim we just miss you when you stop talking doug oh, that's okay. i can keep talking but that was blown away by the hot dogs so <laughs> And, and who's picking up hot dogs off the ground that fall out of the sky to eat them? That, that, no, 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 no. It's like they, they get, you know, they, they just, some people just mistake their hot dog for, you know, alien or alien for the hot dog. 
I mean, I, just, I'm just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Doug. It's all, it's all explained. Okay? <laughs> We're not here to poke holes, Doug. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We I'm lift not. each other up on this show. No, I think it's brilliant. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. Okay. Round number three. This is called Ghost Post. Brittany Dean of Belding, Michigan, got an unexpected bit of news with her mail. Sitting right on top was a postcard dated 100 years ago, October 1920. The Halloween greeting from young Flossie Burgess was addressed to her cousins. I just finished my history lesson, and I'm going to bed pretty soon. A USPS spokesperson said old letters and postcards sometimes are purchased and re-entered into our system. If there's an address, we deliver. So who would like to be the first to tackle this story about the postcard that appeared a hundred years after it was initially sent? See. I, I think I'm the only one who hasn't got first yet, so I should probably do this one. Yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah. Bring it in, guys. All these, all these <laughs> points. Just load them up. Load them up. I'm finally going to win one. <laughs> Stupid show. Um, hey. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's not your show. It's my show. Um, okay. I think what we've got here is very clearly a time travel story, right? We've got a time travel thing going on. And, uh, and Flossie, is their name? Flossie, something like that. Uh, that's like her time travel name. Um, you know, obviously no one's named Flossie. Uh, and so they're like, well, you got to give you like a, like a 1920s name. And we don't really know. There's no way to do this kind of research. So I guess people in the 1920s were named something like, uh, toothbrushy. She was like, no, what about Flossie? And they're like, yeah, let's do that. So Flossie goes back in time and, um, she gets stuck and she, she's like, I don't, I'm, I need help. I can't get out of here. I'm the, you know, these guys, they, they, the bad guys got me and they, they trapped me and I'm stuck. And, um, you know, I'm in this like old, old timey post office kind of thing. And the only thing I can potentially hope to do is send a message out and hope it gets to the future. Um, by way of, you know, the, the way we always communicate, which is we send a letter to um, a specific address that we know exists in the future. And we date it for the exact same date and time. Um, and somehow the, you know, the, the post office is, is sort of how we do our, we do our, uh, our shifting basically through time. Um, and so she sends a message that um, is supposed to get into the hands of, um, of the person uh, of her handler, but in, instead it lands in this, this person's uh, she she gets the address wrong basically it's misread by the post office and so it does go into the future but instead of into the future in the right address it goes into the future at the wrong address and and she's trying to send a secret message that hey i need i need an extraction i'm about to die and that's what going to bed means it's all secret code and it's all very obvious um, you know if you read the book the climax it's just incredible it's really uh um this really there's like a lot of little like you know a lot of a lot of foreshadowing i mean it's just man it's great <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Doug or R.A., who would like to uh, go uh, second? I'll, I'll, I'll give a stab at it here. Well, All right, Doug. Me, this, is, um, this, it, this looks like it's, it's not quite the time travel. It's more of it's a haunting. Um, and it, it is... <laughs> go ahead doug don't mind ra <laughs> it's someone who, um, who who unfortunately died in michigan which you know obviously is michigan anyway and they um they've been trying to get out and again it is the spirit's kind of stuck in this one little little post office there and and 
they keep sending out messages, and this one happens to get to this one lady who who is, and she doesn't know who Flossie is, but she happens to be a medium, um, and and so she's reading into this. As soon as she touches the postcard, she kind of senses the trouble that's going on, and so she begins this journey to find this spirit who's stuck in um, in the post office in Belden, Michigan, and, and save her and and bring her out. And so she uh, she travels across the country up to Michigan and and past you know the hot dogs and the churros that she passes but um and and she finds this post office where where she has it's a little small you know one room um shack kind of place it's been it's been there at the same post office for you know however long Michigan's been around and um so she had she holds a seance in there with the other postal workers and then they and they find out that this this ghost happens to be has been trying to get out and trying to get out. And the, so this post office is always having, you know, spiritual movements and, and touchings and things going on that have, you know, that happen. So, so they have a seance and an exorcism and, and they, they relieve the ghost and listen Flossie on her way to the other side. To go join her sister Comey and her brother Brushy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Gargletron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, bring us home. What do you got? Oh, man, I was definitely going to go the haunted route. Now it looks so rote if I just do haunting mm. after Doug. And then if I don't yeah, do as good of a job, you know, if I don't do a good of a job, everyone's going to laugh at me. <laughs> and Doug took off time travel. That, that's off the table now, too. That's so. tough. That's yeah. tough. All right, well, uh, let's scrap that. Let's scrap my original plan. Scrap it. Scrap so what I think we're dealing with is a... It's not actually a haunting, but a fake haunting. All right. I think we're dealing with uh, a haunting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a haunting. Uh, All right. So I think that we that our uh, our heroine uh, is living in the house, and she has, <clears throat> you know, like every good person on social media, she gets those little like you know, BuzzFeed polls and stuff like that. And it says, oh, you know, do you believe in ghosts and stuff? And she answers, yes. Well, she didn't realize that she was actually uh, filling out a, a, a binding audition uh, to be part of a hidden camera uh, show, okay? And so what the deal is, is Flossie's not even real. It's not even a real person. It's made up by a team of uh, set designers and uh, uh, plot you know, arcers and things like that, you know, storytellers <clears throat> to just basically scare the, the crap out of this girl. Oh, there went my, there went my headphone. Basically to scare the crap out of this girl. And so what they decided to do is they will plant uh, cameras in her home and then judge her reaction and they're playing it live on social media. So people are watching her. It's kind of like the Truman Show, but it's a very small uh, segment of time. It's one night during Halloween. And so uh, Flossie is just the opening salvo uh, for her to start being worried and scared. And they're going to start piping in noises and things like that. And then the big twist is there is actually a ghost in the house. And he teams up with her to help scare off uh, the producers and stuff like that. So... I think we're dealing with a not haunting haunting. And that's all I'm going to say about this because I don't know what I'm doing. So, 
All right. Thanks, Ari. So yeah, we, and you did that whole thing without without audible feedback. I like that. That's it was that's great, impressive. man. It's it's kind of free. The whole time we were going, ooh, no, I know. <laughs> I don't have to oh, hear Nick, like Nick snicker at me and be like, "What a stupid idea!" It's kind of freeing, you know. It makes me feel better. <laughs> All right, everybody, if you haven't already, vote by comment for which ones are your favorite. Uh, so I'm going to remind everyone that storyonthespot.live is almost as cool as this guy. Almost, but not quite. Almost it's hard to live up to that. So um, this is, let me put our little banner up here. So we want to make sure that you check out storyonthespot.live. We also want to really thank Doug for coming to check out douglas-pratt.com. SEO master douglas-pratt.com for that free thriller book. Doug, thanks so much for coming on. We've got any late comments here. Jack's still voting. Jack votes for RA. Sue thinks hot dogs from outer space is Nick's on a roll. All right. Mm. Jack Curl says, hey, well, hot dog on outer space is on a roll. Mm. <laughs> on a split roll. Okay. So, hey, reminder next week, we will not be here. Uh, we'll be here in two weeks. But if you're watching these later, then that doesn't mean anything to you because uh, time is irrelevant. Just go to the next episode. Ghost card. Nice, Jack. Okay. Uh, Lisa arrived late. Well, now, Lisa, you can go back, watch from the beginning, add in all those comments. Everybody, thanks for coming, and we'll see you in two weeks. Peace. Bye. Bye.